Hey there, nursing community. Welcome back to another episode of Two Male Nurses. Today, two male nurses. We're still going to do this from afar, but we're going to make it the best we can. And today, we're going to be doing some fast facts with the fellas. Fast facts with the fellas, round two. All right, and welcome to today's episode. We got two male nurses here. We got Ben joining us from FaceTime and of course uh, myself Andrew and and we're excited to talk about some cool concepts today that we've been, you know, learning about. They are, again aren't the, you know, the concepts that we can make full meaty nut and bolts kind of episodes. Yeah, there's a little future gas bros here. We're reaching out, we're doing the whole deal and we're talking just a random little uh just the tidbits. The tidbits. Just a little yeah, we can't go meat and taters here. We're just going tidbits. Just a little snacksiola for you fellas. Yeah. Uh, giving you the scoop on just random little facts that we thought were interesting. And, and this is what they call high-yield concepts, right? Oh, yeah. Everything, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Everything That's everything. Yield. Everything from the gas bros is going to be high-yield concepts. Very, very high-yield. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. The good call, good call. Eh? Yeah, high yeah. yield, high yield, yield only. High-yield concepts. And so the last time we did Fast Facts with the fellas... Today we're doing faster facts. The faster <laughs> facts with the fellas. High yield only. High right, yield Andrew, only. Kick it off. What's the first fast fact with the fellas? High yield only. Dude, first fast fact. We're going to be talking about biz monitoring, which I know we've talked about before, but we are going to introduce some new understanding of the biz monitor and break it down for you guys a little bit. First little tidbit about it, and then Ben's going to take it away. The biz is an EEG, electrical signal of your brain, just like they do when they bring in that big old machine with the cameras and they hook up like 40 different wires to their head. Yeah, you guys all know what we're talking about. But this case, it's one, one monitor, one, you know, EEG wavelength, I guess that they're looking at there versus like the 13 or 14, you know, that they're looking at with the big machine and then watching you, you know. Every time you go in there with their camera, right? We all know. We've all been there. All right, Ben, take it away. Well, I mean, so we've kind of we talked about biz before with the to prone or not to prone episode. And so definitely check that episode out if um, if you're unsure of exactly the biz and the whole deal there. Really, so Andrew's right. You get the you get the one monitor and you get the one strip to put on the forehead. And it basically tells somebody like how sleepy they are, how awake they are. And we use it to get real quick. We use it to determine if someone's sleepy enough to be paralyzed because obviously being paralyzed is a terrifying concept, awake and paralyzed. So and we're not trying to beat a dead horse. We kind of touched on this before, but again, it popped up from this random thing I was reading. And so I told Andrew and he's like, oh, yeah, here's what I know about it. And it was just, again, just something to think about, something to remember when you're running bits. Um, you know, COVID is still happening. It's still a thing. And for us, it was the most common type of patient that we paralyzed and prone. So if you're having these people that you're paralyzed or busy, just remembering your numbers. I remember when I first started in the ICU, uh, the the girl who always who would preset me was always really strict on 40. Oh, they have to be, they have to be at 40. They have to be at 40. And so doing more reading we, you know, realizing, oh, the number is actually 40 to 60. Do you want the biz monitor to read 40 to 60? And they're like, oh, it's 55. He's waking up. Like, you better better knock him back down. Give him a big old <laughs> bolo, bolo of the sleepy milk, right? You know, and so 
it, it, keep it. Oh, it got to be at 40. And it, it, for a while, it's like, hey, better to have him in the 30s than the 50s. Because if he's in the 30s, we know he's asleep. If he's in the 50s, you're you're already getting to waking up. You know, you're already getting to, to waking up in the 60s. We can't have him there. And so I definitely had, I, we had, I had patients that I took care of like this of making sure he didn't get one creep above 41 or he's getting <laughs> the sleepy milk. And so, again, doing more reading and more research. The one chart I looked at straight up said like 80 to 100, they're already getting sleepy. So they're already drowsy at 80 to 100. 60 to 80, they are uh, moderately sedated. So if you're going to do like a, you know, if you're going to pop their shoulder back into place or whatever, you're at 60 to 80. 40 to 60, you're doing general anesthesia or general. I mean, they're, they're appropriate for general surgery at 40 to 60. Mm. And so the chart said 0 to 20 is complete cortical silence. I mean, their brain is absolutely <laughs> posted. Those chloride and, channels are really doing some adequate I mean, hyperpolarization. Those chloride channels are pumping. I, so there ain't no signals going thing, off. Zero to twenty, anywhere in the teens, but even in the twenties, it, it's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. It, it, it's inappropriate. No, it's inappropriate. Like, and I wish I just could tell young Ben, "Hello, younger Ben, you are stupid. Don't <laughs> have your patient that smoked." And I, 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 I guess more this so that we can share all this information 40 to 60 but how about 50 50 is very appropriate if your guy is at 50 he is appropriate to have surgery he is appropriate he is at 55 and mm. the surgeon can now cut, cut open his chest or cut open his stomach or cut his foot off or whatever at 55 right. like you don't need to have him at 36 just in case he tips above 40 40 is the low end of the number and I, you know, I, 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 I thought about all those people. I just like had them so smoked. I mean, I should have had them at 55, 60. And the minute that we're not paralyzed anymore, turned everything off and woken them up. Yeah. Totally. Um, it's like, no know. wonder that it took, you know, weeks and weeks for some of these patients to like to wake up and come back around. We're like, Oh, they have COVID brain. It's like, Oh, they were all like on max on paralytics and like had a biz of like 38 for three weeks, you know, exactly. it's take a while. Tell, thing, tell, tell me anything you said, Andrew, about the five minutes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to mention, so we've been talking about this, right. And so this is like, basically it's like the numbers that are correlating with like how adequately sedated your patient is. Right. And we use it. And as Ben has been saying, for knowing if we can adequately paralyze them. And they use this in surgery, obviously, as well. And this is actually where it was first being used. It was being used in OB, and it's still I'm still being used in cardiac and thoracic cases and TIVAs and all that kind of stuff. But it's been making its way into the ICU for these type of cases with these like really bad arts patients, right? But get this. This is a quote. It says, it has been suggested that deep anesthesia, as defined by a sustained biz value of less than 40 for five minutes, is associated with increased post-operative mortality. Five Dude, minutes. Five minutes of a patient at 35, and they are they have a less... I mean, what a less, a less, less a chance, more chance of dying. Dude, more chance of dying, mortality. worse outcomes after surgery. And this is in an interoperative period of let's just say four hours or whatever, right? They drop down for five minutes to 40. I was like, dude, there's been so many times, which I mean, obviously these people are so sick in the ICU, way more sick than what they're, you know, they are in the OR, but they would be down in the 30s, 
20s, you know, and we're like, nope, we got to keep it there and whatever, you know, we're not taking it back off yet. You know, we got to think of the patient and their comfort and everything. But it's like, hey, these these numbers are correlating with some mortality. <laughs> you know, if they're born low silence, silence, dude. Yeah. And it's like, what if they're standing with that for hours? Who knows what that would actually, you know, how this is affecting the outcomes of the patient. So just something to keep in mind. And I know that, you know, we can't decide what we want to keep a visit as a nurse, right? This is an order set generally of saying, keep them 40 to 60. That's a pretty general consensus, right? But 40 to 60 doesn't have to be 40. It can be 58. It can be 55 all day, right? And that will still be um, more than adequate to be able to paralyze them and adequately ventilate them. Yeah, man, this is really turning into a no longer fast facts. But I know, it's a, I know, very like, interesting I'm concept. T about to trip on my soapbox. <laughs> I, yeah, we're not trying to beat a dead horse. I think just just so you know, for your own experiences, 40 to 60 is appropriate. Yep. And you know, you talk about blood pressure. Oh, we we're shooting for 110 to 140. Okay, for a systolic. If they're sitting at 120. You're not like running around looking for blood pressure medication and you're not running around looking for Levo. Yeah. Like they're sitting at 120, they're right in the middle. So if you guys sitting at 50, that's perfect. Leave them at 50. Right. If he's sitting at 65, 70, 75, yes, mm. that's appropriate. Put him back down a little bit. Put him back in the 50s. Ben, but yeah, he doesn't and, need it, you know. Yeah, and you're making such a good point here and just saying that we're never going to see it on the monitor and be like, oh, shoot, their they're business now 62. I better run in there right? We use biz entirely as a trending, you know, adjunct, it's an adjunct. monitor, it's an adjunct. Yes, it's but an adjunct. also for trends, right? We're going to say, okay, they're sustaining like what you were just saying, like in the seventies or they're yeah. sustaining in the thirties. Right. And it varies. And the other thing, biz has a delay of like five to six minutes, right? Oh. So oh. whatever we were just doing with that patient, isn't going to reflect for another five to six minutes or this now high, you know, biz monitor readout is reflecting what was happening five minutes ago, potentially. Oh, oh, I mean, that's good stuff, man. I mean, that is good. Stuff. Right, so, so. Exactly. So the five, okay. Oh, oh, you're, Hey, your biz is 70. Oh, that's cool. So five minutes ago, he was waking up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just wait 30 minutes, 30 seconds maybe a minute and see where he's at. Cause he might yeah. be asleep now. Oh, it's yeah. going up still. Okay. Now, sure. Let's put it back to sleep, yes. but maybe it's going to go back down. Yep. This is a trending tool, right? Trending a trending tool. tool. Love it, man. Okay. Yeah. Hop on the next one. Hop yeah. On yeah. The next so that was the, yeah. So moving on. That was, that was good, man. I all love right. that one. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one we're going to talk about, which we always hear us joking about the beta blockers, oh, right? Beta. Beta blockers, and we're always quoting one of our like you know long time cardiologists at you know other hospital, and oh man, we just love her. Okay, so yeah. but they were always, hey, did you give them their beta blocker? Well, no, I didn't because you know their heart rate was sixty two. Lose their mind. Furious, furious, furious. Did yeah. he get his beta blocker? Dude, it's know? been to the point of tears where of how frustrated they have been that I've seen. Oh, I thought you said, I thought you meant tears like me. I, I cried. No, equal tears. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was crying. Equal tears. We're crying. They're crying. The patient starts crying, right? Okay. This is a whole thing. Beta blockers, beta blockers, beta blockers. I feel like as a nurse, whenever, um, I would see a lower heart rate near the sixties, I would always be like, okay, I'm going to hold the beta blocker. I'm going to hold the beta blocker. And we'd throw that around all the time. Hold the beta blocker right? And oftentimes they'll put in parameters. If they are less than 60, if they're 50, they're whatever, hold the beta blocker, which is fine. Okay. However, something that is very interesting and very enlightening, 
beta blockers have black box warnings. And we all remember black box warnings from pharmacology and nursing school and stuff. That means there is something really bad that can happen with <laughs> yeah, this your medication. Yeah, your going to break or whatever. That's exactly. the black box warning. I remember, oh, like, this is Achilles tendon yes. rupture. Yeah, yeah. Or you're going to like, you're going to develop, you can develop a pulmonary fibrosis from this. You're going to grow a tail, you know, all this stuff, right? Black spot, black box <laughs> warnings. <laughs> Grow it, yeah. No, you're right. So beta blockers, beta blockers, specifically propanolol, metoprolol, and atenolol. Okay, very common beta blockers. A mix of selective and non-selectives here have a black box warning for avoiding abrupt cessation of the medication. Wow. So it's not give beta blocker. You didn't give the beta blocker. Well, shoot, what's going to happen? There's a black box warning for abrupt cessation of the med. Catecholamine surge. Oh. That, uh, that doesn't sound good, right? Catecholamine <laughs> surge does not sound good at all. <laughs> Especially for someone storming. that probably has a weak heart. Yeah. Oh, my. It's a massive storming of internal norepi and epi. Dude. Pounding away on his insides. Absolutely. I helped the beta blocker. Because you help the beta blocker. Now, I honestly cannot um, speak to that if this is over one dose or two. But I've seen it where two and a half days, three days have gone by, and we keep on holding the beta blocker. And obviously, there is indications for this that we can treat these catecholamine surges and whatever else. But this is why if if it's not indicated to hold it, you're just holding because you don't feel like crushing the metal, putting it on the NG tube or whatever – it can lead to a, a catecholamine surge. And a lot of these patients that we're dealing with in the ICU or even on the floor, if they're admitted, they can be pretty sick. And this catecholamine can surge can exacerbate angina. It can cause myocardial infarction. It can throw them into wow. VTAC, okay? Oh, my goodness. And when we think about it, not, and we, you know, in my mind, I feel like we're giving a beta blocker just to low, you know, lower their heart rate, cool, lower their blood pressure. This is my blood pressure medication that I'm giving them, right? That was taking it up a notch. Like, oh, this is specifically affecting the heart rate, which is then, you know, decreasing cardiac output and then decreasing blood pressure, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We see, we know what we're talking about. However, think about patients that we take care of in the ICU, post-arrest patients. One of the biggest things that we can do to help protect a patient who is post-arrest from going into VFib, VTAC, post-arrest again, is giving them a beta blocker. Oh, then if we hold that beta blocker, we're giving them a catecholamine storm or surge, throw them in the VTAC, whatever, right? This is why it can be such an emotional, like, no, we need to be giving this, right? Cool. Take it with a grain of salt. Obviously, we always disclaim what we say on here because you have to follow, you know, physician orders and all that kind of stuff. But just realizing, hey, can we give this medication? Yes. Do not, you know, not hold it. Or when it comes down to it, Ask the doc. It's worth it to have the conversation yeah. and to, you know, to miss, mess this up and potentially, you know, cause the patient harm. Right. It, so always, said, it always said lower than 60, hold it. And I feel like the times I asked the provider, they're always like, nah, give it. To- every time. It. You'd be like, 55. What was it? 52. Eh, you can give it. Yeah. They could be like, that might be in third degree. Ah, just give it. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, kidding. Obviously yeah, not. Yeah, definitely it. not. Yeah, he needs it. Yeah, he needs it. Yeah. Anyways, okay. So yeah, tell so, the next one. Yeah, we'll say, the next yeah. One. Last thing, just beta blockers. Right, they're given post uh, our post arrest to prevent VFib, VTAC arrest, all that kind of stuff. We do not want to abruptly hold them. They need to be tapered over one to two weeks time. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Okay. 
Nuts and bolts. Fast, so fast fact number one. Fast, is well, fast fact number two. <laughs> now we're on fast, to. Oh, no, no, for, no, fast fact number one is 46. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fast fact number two. Give the beta blocker. Give the beta blocker. Sweet. Fast fact number three. Ben, take it away. No, no, you got it. No, 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 you got it. Oh, this one? Okay, yeah. So, okay. No. <laughs> oh, I need to think about what we're going to talk about here. What is this one again? Bundle branches. Bundle branches. We all love a good bundle branch block. This one's a big old flex, too. This one's just a know, flex. Entirely. The, the, Is yeah. it really ever going to change your patient outcomes or whatever? Or, like, I'm someone's going to catch this before you do, I'm sure, right? But, but, oh, I think it's a question on the CCRN, though. Oh, totally going to be a CCRN question. They love this one. They love yeah, this one. Totally. Okay. Bundle branch blocks. We love a right bundle branch block. We freak out about a left bundle branch block, right? We know that a left bundle branch block is going to be entirely or potentially indicative of terrible CAD or, you know, very bad heart failure, all this kind of stuff, right? Left bundle branch is no good. Right bundle branch, ah, you can live with it and it's not that big of a deal. However, if someone has a left bundle branch block, they're sick. We know that we can see that the CCRN guy, you know, display art calls it an ominous sign, right? After a, um, oh shoot, I'm pulling myself on the spot here. I think it's like a, it's an anterior wall MI, right? Involving the LAD that involves your bundle branches. And if you, and it can take out the, and if you get a left bundle branch block afterwards, it's the ominous sign. Correct. Okay, so this patient's gonna be wicked sick. What's a monitor that we can put in to a patient when they are really sick to help, you know, gauge their hemodynamics is a swan gans catheter. Okay. Swan gans. Patient with a left bundle branch block. It is I think the word is contraindicated where you do not want to, if you can help it, placing a swan gans catheter because one of the complications of insertion of a swan is a right bundle branch block because of where the insertion goes and rubbing up against the valves and everything going into the heart. So what happens when they're in a left bundle branch block and now they're in a right bundle branch block? They're in a full, a full. Complete. Third degree. No good, right? That's what, we don't want that. We're talking pacing. Complete heart block. Complete heart block. We're going to need, you know, yeah, we're going to need like temporary pacing. We're going to need beta one agonist, all this kind of stuff, right? To help, you know, stabilize them. And it got me thinking, I was like, I wonder if it's the same deal when you're placing a uh, temporary pacemaker, but it's like, well, I guess if it happens, then a good thing you place the temporary pacemaker, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. yeah. So I, I always hear like, oh, they say like a left. So it's funny you said the valves. I think that, yes, they told you at the valves. I think what I said for the CCR, and they said it was the wall. It was like the mid, oh, like it was almost like the sternal wall. It tickled the sternal wall. Um, yeah, the heart doesn't like but, to be tickled. Uh, no, very, very anti-ticklish. But yeah, that's it, man. So, uh, uh, oh, this guy's heart problems. Put in a swan. Ah, nah, you can't put a swan in that guy. He's got a block. And, you know, the cardiologist shrugs and walks off. You're like, he has a block. Don't we need to... Don't we need to see the block with a swan? <laughs> Can we shoot the hemos to see how the block is? No, yeah, I didn't think you needed one either, Doc. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, man. But yeah, there you go. That's it, man. That's three fast facts. Big. Three fast facts. We don't need to smoke them. Bundle branch blocks, left bundle branch, we're not giving them a swan because we can put them into complete art block with the right bundle branch block as well. And beta blockers, we're giving them. We're giving the, the beta, beta blockers. Block. Heck yeah. And last thing that I shouldn't talk to Ben about this, well, we kind of alluded to it at the beginning. I just wanted to mention, dude, huge shout out 
to those NICU RNs in Ukraine right now that are literally had to like transport all of those very sick NICU babies into a safer location. And this is the kind of stuff that we've seen where, you know, you talk about like, oh, you know, we're having to like wheel our patients out and we can't bring the ventilators. So we have to bag them the whole time. This is what's going on there right now. So definitely just take some time, send some prayers to, to them. And, you know, just, I mean, I can't even imagine being in that situation. You know, we kind of saw that kind of, you know, things happening here with um, with the COVID pandemic and crazy things that we've all done and and really quite traumatic things that we have seen as, as nurses over this last year. You know, and we're pretty, totally. we're resilient. Totally. We're very resilient um, occupation, but you know, these things definitely, they definitely can weigh on us. And I think, you know, seeing that kind of thing um, happening over there, um, you know, it is, it really, my heart goes out to them. So. Totally. Just prayer, prayers, prayers, prayers for the fellow nurses. Yeah. Prayers for all, all our nurses. Yep, absolutely. So. And hopefully this pandemic's wrapping up. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> I think so, we're yeah. down slope, so. Cool. So, yeah. All stay right. Stay strong, stay yeah. strong, and stay sleepy, my friends. <laughs> Two male nurses expressly disclaims any liability in association with the content in this podcast.